What's up everybody, Carl Rootman here, back with Six Village Podcast. Today's podcast is going to be a Mother's Month themed podcast. I couldn't think of anyone better to join me today than Mrs. Mzizi Kuzwayo, aka Mama Zams. Hello Kyle, thanks for having me. How are you today? I am good, feeling a little under weather, but we soldier on. I'm happy to be here. Oh, glad to have you. So before we start, I just want to acknowledge the fact that not everyone has a biological mother in their life. But everyone does have a, a motherly figure in some way or some form and I think this this podcast really everyone can take something from it. Mm-hmm. So just a little bit of an introduction to who Mama Zams is. Mama Zams is probably best known as the House Azalea mom. Um, she refused to let me say anything else. <laughs> uh, so we're going with that for now. So Mama Zams, I've got a few questions for you that I'd love for you to answer. Okay, as so, best as I can. Thank you. So it's we're going to start with how would you define your role as a mother? My role as a mother, I think um, it's a multifaceted role because as you mentioned, um, some mother figures are not your biological mother. So I see myself fulfilling a role as, as nurturer and raiser of my two biological children, my two sons. My job on this earth is to give them physical, spiritual, mental and emotional support and development. But also I have a secondary role, which is a residence motherly role. And that's one that kind of straddles two lines because my children there are not legally children, <laughs> yet they still have emotional needs, uh, mental needs and some physical needs or physiological needs rather that I have to fulfill. But really it's a supporting role, um, one where you have to lead sometimes from the front and sometimes from the back. Another thing about the role of a mother is there's no break. Okay. Uh, yeah. Society today likes to tell us that it's okay, uh, don't lose yourself, have me time, you're still you in there. My role as a mother is that Zamila Mzizikuzwayo is the mother of Wandile and Mbagama. That's who I am right now. Okay. And then you, you speak about like the way people think about mothering nowadays. Do you, do you see that there's like new challenges with like mothering a, a new generation, specifically maybe in like your res space? Absolutely. Um, I'm going to blame our modern day society and, and this global village we all live in. Ha, see what I did there? Village. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Um, we're, I'm finding that a lot of mothers are struggling in the sense that our children feel entitled to friendship with us and we weren't put on this earth to be your friends Mm -hmm. your friends are your age so parents are really struggling not just moms moms and dads we're struggling with people who think we're their buddies or their friends or that we should understand them differently to what we understand them but our job is to get you to a certain age um, whole and complete and stable and sound and we can't be your friends we can be friendly with you (laughs) but we can't be your friends. It's a big challenge, especially in the res environment I'm finding, where then the parents will then shift the parental role, the motherly role fully onto me, because then it's somebody else doing all the unpopular things of mothering instead of you know the actual biological parent doing, because our children want us to be their friends. Yeah, I get I don't wanna be friends. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, my mom always jokes with me. She says she loves me, but she doesn't like me very much. No, we, we often don't like you guys, but it's natural. You're growing, you're finding yourselves. Mm-hmm. You have to push boundaries. You're defining your personality. It's, a, it's not a static thing. It changes as you grow up. 
psychological books and studies will tell you that you form a personality at a certain age there's still a lot of things that are going to change that personality here and there as you grow older so sometimes it's not easy to like you guys but we absolutely love you and we can't live without you you are us <laughs> oh, Shane, that's so sweet <laughs> no, it's the truth though um so you, you we speak about like not liking us that's, i feel like that there's a bit of emotion in there um could you would you like to like expand maybe on like what for, what sort of emotions mothers go through like as their children are growing mm, like mm. if there's any like changes as they hit the teen years you know those are the tougher yeah. years um so i i have the privilege of raising my brothers my one brother's two children who are older than my two boys so i've got then my youngest being a four year old and then my oldest and the two girls being a teenager um and i'm finding the most <laughs> the most prevalent feeling i have right now is worry and fear you know there's there's just so much going on in the world right now that you're constantly second guessing yourself am i seeing everything am i doing enough is enough too much am i in your face too much am i not in your face too much who's going to harm you who's going to influence you who's going to hurt you and then am i overdoing it and it's like this vicious cycle you go through um there's a lot of criticisms moms go through again it's the whole media thing everybody knows better than you how to mother your children all of a sudden so i think worry i don't want to say fear per se because fear is is you know you don't want to live your life based on fear but for me that's like the big emotion i i face every single day and i know the how you know in azalea a lot of the moms who visit me and even in my orchestra a lot of the parents who contact me will most likely be prompted by the emotion of worry or fear for their child you know i hardly get called to be told um i just wanted to phone you and tell you that my child's happy <laughs> i'm only here when not only but usually here when when there's a, a concern so that's that's one of the emotions then another one which doesn't go away when you're a mom um is an overwhelming sense of love you i cannot explain to you how much a mom loves her children it is so all consuming and it i think it defines every single little thing you do in your life you know when i said to you sometimes we don't like you guys my 4 year old is like a dentist to menace <laughs> <laughs> he's infamous on the hillcrest campus <laughs> so you know he he's always up to something so i'm always cross but not even a split second later i really and he knows it i feel like i could just melt by looking at him and moms do creepy things we watch our babies sleep we get overwhelmed with how much we really love you guys that's my my emotion that i wake up with every morning i just i'm like oh okay i really really love these guys yeah that's the biggest two for me oh that's so sweet oh, i love that <laughs> the way you worded that was just perfect oh, oh my goodness. gosh So I I want to go a little bit towards the house mother part here. Mm. What is the best and worst part about being a house mother? Are there any funny stories that you want to share? <laughs> Every house parent has a funny <laughs> story or two. The best and worst. Okay, the best feeling I have to say when I'm when you're a house parent is when a graduate gives you a call says mama zams it's my graduation on this day or mama zams I got a job. Mama Zams I'm getting married or Mama Zams I got a promotion then you kind of have to sit back and acknowledge that I was a part of this person's life and it's it's a privilege it's um 
I can't explain to you how how it feels to to be able to say that I'm contributing to the success of the South African you know lived experience by by helping to produce a certain type of person. I think that's the best part of being a house parent. The other really nice part about being a house parent, this is a selfish part, it keeps me young. <laughs> house parents stay young because we get to spend so much time having to supervise the awesome things you guys come up with. The worst part of being a house parent, and this is where the conversation gets maybe a bit too deep, is that three o'clock phone call you dread making to a parent to tell them that something's happened to their child or that feeling of helplessness you have because I can't, I can't wrap azalea girls in cotton wool and keep them in one place. They go out, <clears throat> whether it's walking to the strip to have a good time or walking to campus, as soon as they're out of that boom gate, I can't control what happens to them and, and somehow we just always find ourselves in a situation where I have to make the 3am phone call to say to a parent, something's happened to your child and I need you to come home. Those are the lowest moments of house parenting for me. And I think that's why I've got a, a bit of a reputation for being overly strict on the campus. It's out of fear. It's really out of fear. I don't want things to happen to you guys because you make really dumb decisions. As, as a varsity student, <laughs> yes, I can, I can agree we're not the smartest bunch. <laughs> no, no, we, we can't make questionable decisions. Um, funny stories, geez, uh, where do I start? There is one where, um, so the speech I give at Azalea always when the parents move in is, if you want to be expelled from Azalea without like, you know, going through many, many hoops, either bring alcohol into the res or sneak a boy into the res. Then, Ooh. you know, there's no negotiations there, you're out. So uh, one girl decided not to take the warning seriously. <laughs> And she had a guy in her room <laughs> and the building coordinator knew so she went, she knocked on this girl's door, she could hear that they were in a room. But I think they just decided, you know, we're gonna, <laughs> we're just gonna tough it out. And she said, open the door. And they both answer, male and female voice, no. And she's like, I know you're in there. Open the door. And she's like, no. So she used her master key to open the door. But I mean, they've already been caught. And these two decided to block the door with their <laughs> shoulders. And she's literally fighting with them, like, open the door. I know you're in there. So I love how students um, always, even when you guys, are caught you're gonna live the lie right to the very end <laughs> you're only guilty until proven guilty another one which is one of my faves is um okay so one of my faves is the the there's a particular men's res that didn't know that since our renovation i'd been moved from one side of campus to the other you know and so now my room is where the entrance of azalea is oh and they didn't know this. So they came to fetch a particular Hagar member. It was during planning week. A friend of theirs at night. I think they'd had one too much, one too many to drink. <laughs> and when I looked outside, it was really late at night. They were all in their manties. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling her name. And it's one of those nights where you feel like Alice in Wonderland, where you spiral down because it just went. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, I love those stories. So here's one from my house mother. 
Um, so she's asking, how did you get to the place you are now in terms of a house mother, a mother, a businesswoman and a game ranger? <laughs> Training to be a game ranger. Okay. I'm a scouter. So how did I get there? Um, this is going to sound like it's, it's, you know, prefabricated for the sake of the interview, but I promise <laughs> it's the truth. I'd wanted to be a mom since I was really, really small. My mom says I'd been adamant whenever I was asked, what are you going to be when you grow up? I said I was going to be a mom. Um, and I just have like, <laughs> these deep dreams and fantasies of when I turn 18, I'm going to automatically be a mother of six and then open my own orphanage one day. So even in, in business, uh, when I went into business, um, I was always motivated by the fact that I want to be able to give my children everything one day, like my parents were able to do. My parents, I come from a political family, so they had a lot of sacrifices they had to make for us to live a good life. And so I was raised by people, especially my mom, who, who always told us that a mom's responsibility is to give her all for her children. Um, your life should be based on, on what's best for your kids. And part of that journey is, is turning my children into good citizens. And that's where the nature aspect of everything came along. I realized I want them to grow up with a deep connection with the wild and the environment because that'll keep them grounded and it will teach them kindness and compassion and responsibility, working with animals, respecting nature. It's an obsession of ours. We do, we do the nature reserve every other weekend. Oh, wow. um, we're all scouts now. Um, <laughs> your house mom's kids have joined my pack. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm recruiting like mad. And it's just from a deep passion of, of wanting, it sounds like I have a God complex, deep down inside all moms do <laughs> but I want to I want to change my corner of the world and the way I can do that is to raise good men so my boys have to be good and that's why I'm so heavily into being a game ranger and the, the business practices my company um, follows and the projects we work on are all based on how do we create a good country a good world a better place and you only need to do it one one small scale at a time. Another reason is um, we we think people out there are responsible for turning our children into good people. It's it's moms. It starts at home, and not every child is fortunate enough to say, you know, I had a mom who could one, two, three, four, five. So those of us who are moms, we kind of have to overdo it to compensate for that. That's very powerful. Um, now you're speaking about other mothers. Do you do you maybe have any advice for them? Anything that you would like to tell them? Mm. Um, like, yeah. I think other moms need to remember that you're enough. Moms are more than enough. Once again, we're living in a time where the word thank you is not something you'll ever hear. And also mom's sacrifices go unseen. Um, so moms need to tell themselves that you are enough. When I was growing up, my mom always used to say to me, she'd stand in front of the mirror and she'd say, damn, I look good. And I'd say to her, mommy, you can't compliment yourself. And she said, if I don't compliment myself, who is going to do it for me? And so she always said to me, always, you know, blow your own trumpet. And so moms have to remember to tell themselves, I've got this, I'm enough. Yes, there's laundry everywhere. And yes, we ate Woolworths spaghetti again last night. 
but my kids are still alive and as long as your kids are alive they're fine the Mobani house mom always says to my little boys and she used to say to her sons when they were growing up if they'd get hurt um, and they bleed, and then you know children perform when they bleed. Mm. Should always I ask remember them. <laughs> my, my childhood. I was one of those children. <laughs> she'd always say to her boys, and she says it to mine: "Is the blood green or is it red? Because if it's green, we need to rush to the hospital. If it's red, you're okay." So um, when I'm feeling not enough, I say, as long as there's red blood flowing in that child's body, I'm enough. I'm doing an okay job. <laughs> so what? He didn't bath last night. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh, and do you have any advice for the, ch for the children? Anything you would like to say to them? Yes, your parents know more than you think they do. Uh, living and growing up isn't something that, that's defined by the time you are living in only. The human experience, if you look at history, it's like a, a washing machine tumble dryer situation. It just plays on a loop. So, you know, yes, maybe children today are spending more time indoors in front of a screen than children from 50 years ago who are outdoors. But the lived experience, growing up, becoming an adult, we've all been there. I mean, if I could tell you stories about the square, and I mean, I was in Makhriki, that was right across the street from the square. Um, I look at students who, who try to fool me and I think, Sister child, I've been there. Damn, I invented that walk. <laughs> <laughs> you I, think, know? I think kids nowadays, they forget. Our parents were there too. They we did the same thing. We were there things. too. We were there too. So um, your parents know more than you think they do. You should listen to them. Just maybe. I don't know. Try it. <laughs> listen. <laughs> I, I definitely think I will. I've already seen the knowledge that my mom's passed on. Just the life advice she's given me. It's mm. immeasurable. Can't really do anything without my mom's advice it's a problem and your parents the the sole existence of your parents is is for your benefit they don't have anything else they're living for trust me um so listen to them they literally have dedicated every waking moment of their lives to getting you to adulthood and even beyond that's why some people live with their parents at age 40 that's another piece of advice guys move out <laughs> get jobs and get out so I'd just like to end things off, I've just got some, some rapid fire questions. You've got, okay. you got 10 seconds to answer these questions oh. and then, then I'm cutting you off there. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whose Netflix account are you currently using? Mine! <laughs> <laughs> okay, that makes one of us. <laughs> uh, what object do you misplace the most? Keys and my glasses. Okay. Uh, what mythical creature do you believe still exists? Dragons, don't you know? I didn't. Where no, did you see do. a dragon? Guys, they exist. My kids and I drive in our car listening to Two Steps From Hell, playing this epic, it's called Evergreen, it's epic orchestral music. And we imagine we're on a horse riding, chasing after a dragon. Dragons are there. They're there. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, what was your last impulse slash feel goodbye? Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Another pair of fillies. Oh, nothing wrong with that. Um, if you could be one superhero, who would you be? Another cliche answer, but I gotta do it. <laughs> My mom. <laughs> no, but she's kick-ass. I, I expected nothing else. Oh my goodness. So I just want to end off here just by saying no matter what age I am, I'll always need my mother. Yes. And despite being like a young adult at varsity, I, I really can't live without my mother. And that's most just because I need her wisdom, I need her advice, I just need her warm hug. 
Um, yeah, no. <laughs> she put you in this world. She can take you out. Too. I know. She's she's made that <laughs> very clear to me. <laughs> so yeah, no. Just to end of the podcast, I'm gonna put put out a challenge to everyone listening. Send your mom a message. Go speak to your mom. Tell her you love her. Tell her tell her you want to give her a hug. Just out of the blue. Don't give her a reason. That's that's my challenge to you guys this week. Yes. So thank you so much, Mama Zans, for joining me. Thank you. Hope you have a great day further, and I'll see everyone next week on the Tux Village podcast. Thank you.